0: Hey everyone, Mundo here. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash crime and court USA. what's up everyone and welcome to episode 43 of Crime and Court USA. I'm recording this on April 27th, 2022. I'm your host Mundo Carrillo. I hope you guys are doing well. Me, eh, I have nothing to complain about. I'm doing just all right. In fact, I, uh, I've i been going to rehab for my back for the last like two months or so and the therapist said that I may only need two more sessions before I'm good to go. So it's getting strong, man. It's getting back into gear. As uh, some long-time listeners might know, that, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, throw it back, I throw it out quite often. So it was nice to get in, get some therapy in, and get a professional to uh, help me get it back into shape. So that's been nice. Also got the okay to start doing push-ups and things like that. I was really only okay to do, like, simple, like, lower back exercises so I don't hurt myself and, you know, get it straight and all that. So... I finally got the okay to start doing some other exercises, which has been nice. You know, I'm getting a little pudgy, man. A little little jiggly around the edges. (laughs) Anyways, enough about that. Let's talk about some news, shall we? Start off with some wildfires that have been raging across the western United States, especially in my home state of New Mexico. So, this one does hit close to home. Thousands of people have had to evacuate their homes in the state, and hundreds of homes have already burned in a fire in Rodoso, New Mexico, earlier this month. As of Tuesday, 11 large fires have burned 219,147 acres in six states, according to the National Interagency Fire Center, and more than 3,700 wildland fighters and support staff have been assigned to those fires. As of Wednesday, the agency reports that five active fires have burned 152,465 acres in New Mexico, One in Nebraska has burned 41,448 acres, and two in Arizona have burned 27,362 acres. None of these fires are contained. Now this seems to be a particularly bad year already as the Interagency Fire Center says that since January 1st, 21,181 wildfires have burned over a million acres, and that this continues to be well over the 10-year average of 14,958 wildfires that burned 72,000 acres. Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham said at a recent news conference that the fires are starting well before the wildfire season and that it's going to be a tough summer. She has already called on local governments to set fireworks bands in place. She can't do that at a state level that is done at a local level, so she urged local governments to do that. And she's right. This is before our normal fire season. In the Southwest, typically that's like late spring, early summer, so May, June, that area. So having them this early in April, like I said, there was already a pretty devastating one in New Mexico earlier this month. So having them this early is not a good sign. And yeah, definitely signals an early fire season. I mean, it is like, we do call it fire season. Like it is like something that we, that pretty much happens every year is like there's some fires burning, some of them really bad, some of them not so much, but you know, all these acres burning with 0% containment is, uh, yeah, just, it's just not a good sign. So in New Mexico, the Calf Canyon fire has merged with the Hermit's Peak fire and it now threatens about 900 structures in Mora and San Miguel counties. And I actually live in San Miguel County, I'm a ways away from these fires, although I could see the smoke and all that. I mean, you could see the smoke from miles and miles away, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I never thought about having to evacuate, but. That is definitely a real possibility where I live. I mean I live in a very forested area, so a lot of people in northern New Mexico do. And you know, it's it's a real possibility for for a lot of us and I just never had to thought had to think about it. It's a uh, pretty devastating. I didn't even know, I mean, to thinking about like what would you bring and like all that kind of stuff, sleeping in like a high school gym or something like that. It has to be rough. Alright, so moving on. On Monday, the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office released a bunch of documents including a taped interview with Alec Baldwin, into their investigation into the Rust movie set shooting, Sheriff Adan Mendoza said they are still waiting on ballistics tests from the FBI before making a final determination on criminal charges. So when I talked about this whole shooting last week, I said that I did not mention this upcoming press conference. I don't know if it was so much a press conference, as so much as it was just the sheriff just sending a bunch of stuff out via email. I'm sure it was mostly that. But I, I said that I don't know why he wouldn't, Hold something, like, announced that he was going to do something Monday without giving a final determination on criminal charges. So there's really nothing new to report here. Yeah, although we did get video of the deputies interviewing Baldwin, we did get some video of the aftermath of the shooting when when deputies got there. And apparently, um, according to some articles I read, I didn't watch the videos myself, but there was blood on the scene and stuff. So pretty chaotic video. And I did read an interesting piece from the LA Times. We'll get to the LA Times later, too. But one of their opinion writers wrote that the document should not have been released, or that the videos, rather, really, should not have been released so that the crew who was there that day could be spared from reliving the events of that day and so that Hutchinson's family wouldn't have to see the aftermath of the shooting themselves and have to have those kind of feelings dredged up as well. Sheriff Mendoza did say they were released due to so many public requests. I mean, little old New Mexico, we barely, you know, make national news, so... You know, I don't know if this guy's used to having, you know, the LA Times and all these organizations from all over the world asking him for records and stuff. So he he just released this, it seems, as a response to all those requests. And sh- like I said, th- this writer said that they shouldn't have been released because of the damage it might do to the people who were there and to the families and stuff. Um, I see where she's coming from. I do. And this is stuff I've had to wrestle with as a reporter. And... I'm all about transparency. As the the writer, I forgot. I should have written down her name. <laughs> Whatever, shout out. Um, she she did say that she, as a journalist herself, is all about transparency as well. And, and so am I, of course. Above all things, when it comes to government. So I think it just comes down to the media organization and what they'll release and what their standards are on uh, taste and ethics and all that kind of stuff. So it should it should be on them to release uh just what's what they feel is appropriate you know if they don't want to release video of uh you know people with blood on them or whatever then they they shouldn't do that but you know i I understand that making these public means that anyone can get a hold of them and publish them on online or whatever but yeah i mean so you can't really stop that so i guess i could see why where she would be coming from there but uh, i ultimately i do think that it's just up to the organization to to think about what to publish and what not to publish so yeah it's what I think about that, but we'll see what happens. I mean, my gut, I've said this several times before. My gut is that no criminal charges will be filed because um didn't seem like anyone did anything intentional if anything maybe armor Hanne Reed would be uh be charged for being negligent or something like that for allow it was her job as the armor to make sure that guns and everything else was safe on set, so I could see why they could say she was criminally negligent by doing that but I don't know I don't know about that I think that's more of a civil thing and suits have already been filed against her for being negligent so clearly a lot of negligence I just don't know if it was criminal but these kind of tests do take a long time so we'll see we'll see what happens when they get back I'm sure the sheriff will make another announcement okay so I had to mention this story just because it was probably the biggest story of the week even though it's not really crime related But that's Elon Musk is going to acquire Twitter for $44 billion. And he talks a big game about free speech and stuff. At least he's been saying that on Twitter. (laughs) And a lot of people like former president Donald Trump are permanently banned from Twitter for breaking its policies. So we'll see if guys who haven't banned come back. I guess Trump has said that he won't come back. (laughs) But we'll see. And of course, this is a big story. Because the world's richest man, you know, he's launching freaking rockets into space and shit, and now has control over a very influential social media platform. And people, I guess that's just not sitting very well with, with people, but only time will tell. We'll see what what changes come to Twitter. And this seems to be a big deal to a lot of people, and I really don't understand why. I mean, people are kind of talking as if free speech itself is at stake right now or something and I just don't see why I mean although Twitter is very influential and a very established medium in our society I mean it has a global reach it is ultimately just a website (laughs) you know and you know free speech itself isn't contingent on whether a rich guy owns Twitter or not if Twitter really does take a downturn under Musk's watch then someone will just create a better Twitter you know what I mean like, I know it's been tried before, all these other social media platforms have come and gone, and you know you can't take out the big dogs, the established dogs, I get that, but ultimately it is just a website, and I bet you someone's going to come out with a better Twitter someday anyways, you know what I mean? And we all know, look, we all know people who are on Twitter are probably going to stay on Twitter, I and mean, we all found out that Facebook was highly influential in the 2016 general election, but... People didn't really care. I mean, they cared. They acted like they cared, but they're still on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I think people talk a big game, but ultimately they're gonna they're gonna stay put. Because that's I mean, that speaks to the power of being an established medium. And that's why I get like trying to establish your own or trying to establish a new one is difficult. But look, man, free speech isn't at stake here, guys. Calm down, all right? Just calm down. All right, let's go on to another story that really that really irked me. So that's why. It made, it made the, the, count, the, the cut this week, but uh, it's kind of changed in the last day or so. But anyways, the Los Angeles County Sheriff announced an investigation into an LA Times reporter over leaked video of a deputy kneeling on an inmate's head, but later backed off after he was criticized by basically everybody. <laughs> so Sheriff Alex Villanueva said at a news conference on Tuesday that he was investigating a couple of political rivals for that video leak as well as L.A. Times reporter Aline Chekmedian And whoo, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right. But after the announcement, and by the way, it was like a press conference where he was like at a podium and he even blasted the reporter's face on like a, a screen or whatever, like a, like a PowerPoint. So she was put on blast, man. She was totally put on blast. And after the announcement, the L.A. Times published a letter that its general counsel sent to the sheriff. And in short, Attorney Jeff Glasser said that the sheriff executing any kind of search warrant against Czech Marion or The Times would be a violation of constitutional law. Glasser included a case or included case law where the Supreme Court ruled that journalists are not legally liable when they obtain and publish information that was obtained illegally, even if the journalist knows that the information may have been obtained illegally. Villanueva later backed off on Tuesday after being criticized by politicians and media rights groups. And uh, let me tell you something. Good thing he did. Good thing he did. Now, obviously, just not a good move in general. It seems that it is a violation of constitutional law, but also just a a scummy move, man, to to put a reporter on blast like that and say you're investigating her as part of a criminal investigation for her simply doing her job. I mean, that's low, man. That's low. That's just straight-up intimidation, of a reporter doing her job. You know? Luckily, he had me backed off. Because I guess that's that's what I'll keep it at for now. But, yeah, just, just a bad move on his part. Don't appreciate it at all as a former crime reporter myself. I've written stories about police departments and stuff. Stories that I'm sure they didn't find flattering. But, you know, just doing my job and show, so was this reporter. So, good move. Good move, Sheriff. Bad move? But then good move. Well done. Alright, so I want to bring up the... uh Megan the Stallion, shooting that I talked about a few weeks ago, she actually opened up about being shot by rapper Tory Lanez. She sat down for an interview with Gail King on CBS on Monday morning, April twenty-fifth, and it was a really good interview. I thought because in addition to talking about the shooting, she also opened up about lying to the police about getting shot because she thought the police might shoot them back. So she kind of explained the events of the night. She said they were at a party hosted by Kylie Jenner in the Hollywood Hills in the summer of 2020. Then later she got into a car with Lanes, his driver and her best friend from Houston. Of course, uh, Megan is from Houston. And then an argument sort of broke out in the car and the driver pulled over and that's when Lane got out of the car and shot Megan. She said that he started apologizing and even offered her $1 million to not say anything about it. And of course, police started showing up right away she said a lot of police started showing up and even a helicopter started flying overhead. And she said that she was scared she was going to die. She told the cops that she stepped on glass out of fear that they would be shot. The George Floyd incident, the, the one where um former officer Derek Chauvin kneeled on George Floyd, who was black in Minnesota, that had happened a, a month prior. So people were still on the edge about that. And she even stuck with that story about stepping on glass even as the police were talking to her at the hospital and she said to this day she still has bullet fragments in her feet so i kind of want to bring that up i know i kind of made light of the situation last time but after seeing her talk about it it's like yeah like someone got shot and i can't i can't imagine i would i don't want to be shot ever like i'm sure it hurts and not only does it hurt but it's also like terrifying like you don't know what's happening like you don't know I don't know. Like she was talking to Like what she didn't know what veins maybe or hit or something like that. You just never know when when you get shot. Because when you get shot, like it doesn't go like straight through you. You know, it, it sort of bounces around in your body sometimes. So that's when you get the the fatal hits when you get shot somewhere and like it bounces and it pierces your liver or something like that. Like when someone gets shot, I'm I'm going again sidetracked here. But when someone, let's say say someone gets shot like in the chest. I've seen it like they'll come out of like their butt or something like that. Like it it, it really gets turned around inside the body so yeah I never want to get shot because you just you just never know and so yeah I just wanted to bring that up and lanes was recently found to have violated his conditions of release that's when I was talking about it last time by contacting Megan online and he was taken into custody but Gail King did say at the end of the segment that he is out on bond again so I guess uh, I guess he made bond again and the story about broken glass will certainly be used against her at trial Because defense attorneys really like going at inconsistent statements that the victims make to police. But (laughs) there seems to be strong physical evidence that Megan was shot. And they will surely have a doctor testify to that. Saying like, yeah, she does have bullet fragments in her feet. So someone shot her the night in question. So evidence seems pretty strong against Mr. Lanes. That's not his real name anyways, but I forgot what his real name was. Who cares? Anyhow, that's that. Just another thing that just really stuck with me watching the interview was how she seemed genuinely scared that she might die or her her and the, the others in that car might die once the police got there. And so that's why she lied about being shot. Like, that's just, that's just very eye, eye-opening, you know? Like, if I got shot and the police started rolling up, I'd be happy, you know what I mean? Like, yes, sir, it was him. He shot me. Please help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But... That's just my privilege, I guess. I mean, you know. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta have your eyes open, man. So that that was very eye opening. That she stuck with she stuck with that lie because she was scared that the cops might shoot them. It's crazy. And finally, it looks like NBA legend Jerry West really doesn't like his portrayal in HBO's winning time. It's a show about the I believe the seventies, eighties, probably the eighties. Lakers, uh, with Magic Johnson and Kareem and all those dudes. And Apparently, Jerry West is portrayed like a drunken asshole (laughs) in that show. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to that. But the real Jerry West says that he plans to take legal action and that he's even willing to take it to the Supreme Court over that portrayal. His lawyer sent a letter to HBO demanding that they retract its portrayal of West. And by the way, I got this from the Los Angeles Times. The letter claims that HBO broke the law by having a false portrayal of West. And claiming that it's factually accurate and West is uh, he's a legend like I said he's a notable guy in the NBA in fact he's the guy on the NBA's logo like that's his silhouette on the logo but HBO seems to have doubled down and says it stands behind the research it does behind its portrayals and doesn't sound like they're basically going to give in to those demands I think the uh, letter gave them two weeks to to retract that portrayal so it looks like they're moving forward Jerry West talked a big game about going to Supreme Court, so maybe this one ends up in court. I know, I mean, I know obviously a lot of, like, defamation suits get filed, but I've never seen someone sue, like, a production company over their portrayal in something. I'm sure it's happened. It's probably happened quite a bit. I just never really heard of one. So I'm, not, I'm interested in this one. I want to see where this goes, whether it is illegal or not because HBO is kind of saying, like, hey, we stand behind our research behind this character. So basically saying, like, yeah, it's sort of accurate by our research. And then by Wes Lahr saying that that's not, you know, your portrayal is not accurate at all. And by saying it's accurate, that's defamation. That's breaking the law. So I'm actually interested in this one. Like I said, west has been talking a big game, So we'll see if the lawsuit actually gets filed. It should. If you're saying you're willing to take it to the Supreme Court. Just saying. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes and that is about all for this week guys be sure to share the podcast with your friends share with the enemies help me spread the word of crime and court USA also if you could rate and review on podcast services that'd be great I think that helps it you know get to the top of the various lists so I would greatly appreciate that check out the patreon page patreon.com slash crime and court USA throw me a few bucks a month if you can but if not You know I just appreciate you guys listening to the show. All right, guys. Until next time, my name is Mundo, and I'm out. Peace.